Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and good evening and welcome along to the Week 12 flagship show here at Five Yard Rush. I, as I say as ever, as I have been recently, will host you through this. Uh, no Murph today, Murph is on uh, somewhere else. Uh, I'm joined by Liam. Liam, how are you, sir? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad, thing, Dan. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, no trouble. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to hearing your wisdom. Um, as people may see, Liam is at Dolphin Abroad. That may give you some insight into to Liam's team there, right? <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet you're more willing to come on now than you was maybe three, four weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Four-game winning streak. Um, I mean, at least we're facing pretty uh, soft teams, to say the least, apart from the Ravens, maybe. But, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all going to be at me now. So, I think before the season, just quickly on the Dolphins, there was a lot of talk about um, looking at the playoffs and being hopeful of that, and it didn't start out too well. But I guess now you're you're not a million miles off. Is that still something that's achievable, do you think? Um, I mean, the AFC division in general is a bit of a, or conference, say, sorry, is a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. So, never yeah. say never. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, we've got fairly easy games. We'll see the Giants this week coming up, who, to be honest, don't look amazing. I faced their performance yeah. at the weekend. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, 500 is definitely cheap. We'll playoffs, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I think there's still a lot of work to do with the team, uh, but it's good to see the defence finally get back to his form of last season, which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about in here. Well, if the Patriots can still top the AFC East, then there's hope for everybody, right? <laughs> I guess so, I guess so, yeah. Any, but, if the Patriots are going to have a rookie, then for sure. And the, the NFL just can't shake off the Patriots. I don't know what it must be like being a team in the AFC East. Just You must be sick of them. Well, I mean, I was, I was kind of hoping once Brady left that, um, you know, it, it'll go to it'll go downhill. But I was uh, wishful thinking there about a check still there. Yeah, it seems that way. So, um, as ever, guys, just quickly to let you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all good other podcast apps, YouTube, etc. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at Five Yard Rush. Uh, and as ever, I'd just like to thank our guys and our friends at Manscaped, who are the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. They want you to look your best uh, with the brand-new Lawmar 4.0. is the best technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're near the end zone, make sure you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped. Two million men do worldwide. Uh, And obviously, if you check out their website, manscaped.com, and use the code 5YARD, you get 20% off and free shipping, which is not to be laughed at. So week 12 is in the bag, Liam. What did, what did we learn from week 12? <clears throat> what caught your eye? Well, I mean, I think I think the main thing for me was starting in Miami was Carolina's absolute demise, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I think on read my, read my articles on drafting, drafting yep. slate this week, I kind of thought that you know, CMT <laughs> would do quite well. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, of course, he got injured. But unfortunately, they were just terrible. I don't know what happened. I mean... Obviously, Cam Newton, you know, had a pretty successful start back into Carolina, and then this week he gets benched. Uh, PJ Walker, who we all know, PJ Walker uh, isn't very good. Um, so yeah, yeah it, it was really interesting. It, I mean, to be fair, the, apart from against wide receivers, the, the Miami defense has really got back to form, as I mentioned earlier. You know, they're pretty much the top three defense now, fantasy wise, 
in the last four weeks against all positions, bar wide receiver. So they really have um, stepped up, and and that's probably why we're winning games again. You know, the offense is never really the issue. Tua was never really the issue, and people seem to love love to uh, hate on him. Um, but yeah, the defense, especially the secondary, is really stepped up, and obviously with rookies like Javon Holland getting takeaways every other week, a bit like David Howard just did last season. You know, it's uh, yeah, it, it was a fun watch, to say the least, as a Dolphins fan. I mean, we get to this kind of time of year or a week or two ago and we're looking for, in fantasy terms, that league winner, that one guy you can find from nowhere that's going to do it. Jameis Winston went down and there was a lot of talk about Taysom Hill maybe doing it. Hasn't quite panned out. And Trevor Simeon's holding that role down. Cam came back um, in his first game back. He had two snaps and a, a rushing and a throwing touchdown and suddenly the hype was there that Cam's going to be this league winner. And, well, Cam couldn't win anything. Let's be honest. I think at one stage on Sunday he had four completions and two were to his own team and two were to the other team. So. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Look, in the playoff schedule, it's pretty rough. You know, they've got the Bills, the Bucks, um, and then the, luckily they'll play them in week 17 again. But again, in the Saints aren't exactly the easiest matchup. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and anyone looking at Cam Newton as a league winner was uh, definitely scraping the barrel, to say the least, to a quarterback anyway. No comment on that one. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's times in, in fantasy, as you know, where you, you have to scrape the barrel and hope you get lucky, and that's what it's all oh, about. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I took a punt here and there, and I'll be putting that one down to experience, I think. So, <laughs> but, I mean, while we're on Miami, we, we saw another guy that's I don't know, consistently underlivered this year in Miles Gaskin suddenly find a bit of form. Yeah, it's it's about time. Um, yeah. To be fair, I mean, I've, I've always been a big fan of Huckman, you know. I feel he's he's definitely more talented than Gaskin in terms of a runner. Right. Um, he's just not had, had the opportunity to really show that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good to see Gaskin do, do well. Um, is it the answer long term? Probably not. Um, but hey, listen, he, he, I think he benefited off a pretty positive game script in the end. And of course, with Cam Newton, as you said, you know, not doing very well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good to see him do well. Who knows if he'll do well next week against the Giants? I mean, the Giants have been pretty good against the run. It's usually the air you can get to them. But yeah, I mean, I, I say it's it's always good to see Gaskin do well because he, uh, you know, the coaches have seemed to like him. So yeah, hopefully he can continue that going forward. Uh, and I've spoke before as well about um, Tua maybe underperforming throughout the year, and I think a lot of that is because you didn't have a run game that would ease the burden on him and a bit of pressure on him. And um, obviously he had a decent game at the weekend, and I think that comes from Gaskin also delivering a little bit. Yeah, and to, to and be your fair, offensive too, line, maybe. <laughs> We're actually making a block and not being a turnstile. Yeah, that, that would help. Um, yeah, I think we saw what a bit of London, actually. I, yeah, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you went to the London game, but I think we saw a bit of it in London. You know. Oh, okay. I had the joy of the Jets-Falcons. So, oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I went to both, luckily. So um, I, I saw right. both catastrophes on the field. Um, but no, I think we saw the London game with Gaskin. He, he broke off on a few runs and that, I said, you know, that helped us do it quite a fair bit. And, to be fair, we have seen Tua this season do it with and without the run game, but as you, as you highlighted, you know, with with it this week, um, you know, he was absolutely excellent, and that's that's no real surprise to any any Dolphins fan that watches them week in week out. Um, next step is the offensive line, which would be nice to get over the next couple of seasons. But yeah, yeah I, I think everyone benefited off a, a luckily Cam Newton and the Panthers just handing us a win, which is nice of them. Do you think Cam Newton will recover from that? Both. For himself and the Panthers, and also for um, fantasy terms, is is he still an option, or is that it now? You no, I, I think he's still an option. No, yeah, I, I think he's still an option. You know, with with his rushing ability in the end zone, I think it's like six touchdowns in three three games this season now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you include passing and rushing, so I, call, I think he's definitely an option. And whilst he has got tough matchups in the Bills, Bucks, and Saints in the last couple of weeks, you know, yeah. I think people, I think I think he's startable all over many many quarterbacks in the league. It's just, um, yeah, I think Miami. Miami's one of the defenses you're going to have a tough time going up against at the moment. That is in the form of last what last season, and of course last season was how well they how good they were. Uh, Buffalo for me, you're going to beat them through the running game. That's uh, so where they do play them. Obviously, Cam is a big part of that, and whoever the side running back will be now that Christian McCaffrey's out for the season, whether yeah. it be Abdullah, whether it be Hubbard, who knows? Um, but yeah, he, he's still a big part of the offense. I wouldn't wouldn't be dropping him, but I definitely wouldn't be saying he's a must start for sure. It is mad, isn't it? We're, we're living in a world where we'd sooner start Tyler Heineke and Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Who'd have thought that three, four years ago, right? Oh, no, tell me about it, tell me about it. Shocking. Um, so, else you highlighted from week 12? Jalen Hurts, I believe. 
Yeah, it what definitely hurts to be a Hurts fan. Um, it does. Oh, Fantasy-wise, he's he, well, he, he used to be terrific, and for on the on the field, he's terrible. I don't I don't know what he's suffering from. Is it bad coaching? Is it just his receivers? Apart from Devontae Smith being absolutely garbage. Yeah, um, Jalen certainly didn't help him out of it this week. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I had a few meetings around Jalen Rager this weekend. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to lose to lose a team like the Giants, with literally, literally have no offensive weapons apart from Saquon Barkley, is it, pretty impressive. To be fair. Um, yeah, if he gets 77 rush yards in the end, Jalen Hurts, which you know, it's pretty standard for a mobile quarterback to get these days, especially when you can't throw the ball to anyone. Um, but yeah, this is really poor, just really poor. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's uh, that if it's a lack of a bit like Timber last season, that if it's a lack of weapons, or it's just uh, the coaching being terrible. I suppose we'll see in the offseason coming up again, a bit like to a certain extent, Hurts is one of these that divided opinion in the fantasy community quite a bit coming into the season in the early weeks, I think. Uh, will he be at the the Eagles next year? And is there anything to do with him? And but I think his mobility made him a, a reasonable option. And I say through, I don't know, probably ten weeks. He, I think it was QB three or four or something through ten weeks, something like that. So he certainly delivered. Is is it a blip? Do we think or? It's hard to tell, you know. I think it's just some people are putting their weight. I don't really know because Quez Watkins used to associate with someone who can make a big play here and there, uh, but mm-hmm. he isn't always consistent. Obviously, as I mentioned, Jalen Rager's just disappeared off the face of Earth. Seems to be yeah. seems to get the the snaps, but didn't do anything with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Oh, that's tough. No, I wouldn't personally. It's a bit like Cam, you know, with rushing ability. I mean, it all depends on who's on your who's on your roster for fantasy terms. You know, yeah. if you, if you've got a say a like a say Tom Brady, and he has your QB two. I probably would still roll out Hurts just because he's got that ability to score twenty points so easily just through his legs alone. Yeah. Um, but if you line if you line him as a QB one, absolutely no chance. I'd I'd be looking elsewhere if you could. And if you're in a twelve team league, for example, there's mm-hmm. a high chance that there's someone on the waiver wire who's got an easier playoff schedule coming up if you're in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be looking to bench him in that situation. Um, but yeah, listen, Jalen Hurts is gonna got potential to score twenty points every week. It's just recently that he hasn't uh, the past couple. I mean, they've got the Jets next week, so you could well put us all to shame. Oh, you'd, and... <laughs> you'd, like to, you'd like to think so. You'd like to think yeah. so. Um, but um, this season, as this season's shown, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to um, trust anything at the moment. And then a playoff schedule of well, Washington Giants, Washington, which is not the friendliest quarterback playoff schedule to have. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll get on to Washington <laughs> later, but their defence has been certainly improved over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and he obviously hasn't delivered against Giants this week, so that'd be a shame there. Uh, talking yeah. to Washington, they play tonight, right? They do, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how um, certain players get on, um, in yep. particular Antonio Gibson, um, yep. a player who, last couple of weeks anyway, has had well, a bit of a resurgence, to be honest, in this pre-season, which looked a bit difficult for him. You know, yep. I think snaps-wise, he's up about 20% from the, the previous three weeks. I think mm-hmm. he's seen like 13 red zone attempts, which again is what you really want for your running back, especially against Seattle, who are a renowned, really bad defence against running back. Admittedly, you know, not as bad as they have been in the past couple yeah. of seasons, but you know, still fairly bad compared to the rest of the league. And you know, with him seeing about sixty percent of the RB touches, McKissick isn't eating too much into his workload compared to what we've seen before. So yeah, yeah. I think my biggest my biggest surprise from one of them anyway, um, from this weekend is if Antonio Gibson doesn't absolutely smash smash it this week against Seattle, who yeah. then themselves are looking to bounce back a bit. And I think someone like Tyler Lockett could have quite a good game this week against Washington defensive, yes, they are improving, but you know, they're still susceptible to a big game. And you know, with the pass funnel that is Seattle, either one of Lockett or Metcalf probably going to have a good game. You'd have thought so. I mean, Gibson for me is someone I was extremely high on coming into the season. <clears throat> uh, I said yeah. just the other week on here to Rich, I swapped him for DeAndre Swift straight up pre-season. Oh wow! Which might not have been the best of moves. Um, and we got a tamper a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Gibson had a career high twenty four carries. Okay, only got sixty four yards, but two touchdowns, and it looked like that was the game we'd all been waiting for him to have this year. And then I say last week it was nineteen carries, ninety five yards. Okay, didn't get a score, but what got me last week was he didn't have a reception. He didn't even have a target last week. Yeah, um, and I think that happens sometimes with McKissick being there. You know, he is just, well at, at times. You know, as you just highlight there, the exclusive. You know guy at the backfield getting the routes and getting the catches but I feel 
based on what you just said there, he's due. He's due a game, he's due some receptions, due some touchdowns. And I think uh, the game tonight, which unfortunately I won't be staying up for, but I'll definitely be watching in the morning, <laughs> yeah. is the uh, is the game to which he's going to get that. And, um, you know, so my recommendation is if you've got Gibson, definitely start him and uh, play him in DraftKings for sure. Yeah, and it's one of those as well that, you, well, uh, game script on that one tonight will determine a lot of Gibson's usage, I guess. Oh, of if they course, can get yeah. in front and get ahead early, then Gibson should be a big factor. If they fall behind a, a score or two scores early on, then you may be struggling to see very much production from him. Yeah, I mean, and that's always going to be a worry with, oh, I mean, the majority of teams in the league, but I do like watching chances tonight. You know, Heineke is a very explosive player and yeah. I think Russ, Russ has had his struggles, obviously come back from injury and that Seattle team is, I think, suffering from a bit of the season's over syndrome. Um, well, I think I think it's a good guess anyway that the season's going to be over. So yeah, I like watching the chances tonight. And is their season over, do we reckon? Or can Washington still mount a challenge in this one? Oof, I think that'd be a push. Especially in the NSC. Yeah. If they were an ASC team, I yeah. think they've probably got a chance, a bit like Miami do. Um, but you know, I think it could be quite a fun game tonight. Two teams just going for it. And uh, I suppose Heineke's at his best, to be fair. So that the, the, the five and six is the last playoff berth at the minute. The, um, Washington at four and six. So I win tonight, keeps them in that hunt. Uh, and I think there's worse five and six teams in there. You know, the Falcons are probably the worst five and six team I think I've ever seen. So yeah, yeah, the Falcons <laughs> are an interesting team. I mean, it's oh, it's hard to predict what they do, but yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, too fair with with the with Washington, the last the last sort of five games, of, yeah, are all, are all against teams around them. Like obviously, the Eagles, which just spoke a lot. The Eagles are terrible Washington yeah. uh New York Giants as well to play in who aren't very the good so. twice as well, I think, they? yeah there's a chance there's a chance I mean Dallas obviously need the wins themselves to get a decent seed but yeah. there's definitely a chance well very interesting stuff so main thing from week 12 what did you spot fantasy wise that can they help us out so the main thing for me was that I always thought the Titans would be screwed by Derek Henry Yep. Obviously, he's he was lead rusher at the time, absolute freaking nature, basically the, uh, the running back position. Yep. And um, you know, AJ Brown being out also now, I thought they've really struggled to actually get offense going. But and against New England as well, although although New England have been recently given up quite a lot of yards to running backs, mm-hmm. I've I thought you know there's a good chance that New England's run basically absolutely pump all the your Titans. But we saw. Dondra Hilliard and yes. Devontae Foreman actually put up some decent game between the both. They both had 100 plus yards. Of course, Hilliard had that massive breakaway run. And um, yeah, it's really interesting to me. They both, they both split carries and, and snaps, to be fair. I think it's like 50-50 snap-wise. So yeah. it's a bit like the Browns in terms of their like, dual threat running back. You know, Hilliard was the more nippier player, a bit like Kareem Hunt, who could catch passes but also break into gaps, whereas Foreman was more of a Derek Henry type, just running at them and hopefully break a few tackles and get clear. Uh, but yeah, it was a really interesting game to watch. I was more on the Matt Joe's side of things in terms of how you know he seems to be doing pretty well, um, mm-hmm. and in terms of Belichick, Belichick coaching him well, and he's got a pretty kind schedule coming up to him as well, so he could be a interesting player to watch. And um, of course, he's got to play the Bills again, which next week, which could be an interesting game. But yeah, yeah, the Titans, the Titans running backs for me were the most. I think the key things to take away, and of course, some of them will be available on, on your waiver wire this week, and that could be a, a huge pickup for your your playoff schedule coming up. I've just had a look. Dontrell Hilliard in redraft, according to sleepers, only forty six percent owned. Wow. So is that somewhere you'd be looking to target, perhaps now? I think I think you have to, um, especially if you're in deeper <laughs> leagues. I think that's that's an absolute must, and I'd. Of course, with it potentially being your last your last regular season week, or even if you're in the playoffs right now, I think I'll be spending a good 80-90% of your whatever you have whatever left. Whatever you've got left is the key. Yeah, literally right? whatever you've got left spend on Hilliard. I think i I'm looking at him as cost fishbowl this week, him and another player which I'll speak on later, in yeah. terms of what I'm spending on to get my last week to try and secure my playoff spot. On that then, while you're out there, Scott Fishbowl, how are you doing? I am doing okay. Um, I think the, t- the start of this week, I was I was top, so I was guaranteed a buy. Unfortunately, nice. I'm going to lose this week, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, I'm about eight points behind, and the guy's got Tyler Lockett to play tonight as well. Oh. So um, I don't think I've got a chance there. Uh, I think Tyler's going to do well as well. You might be okay for Lockett, right? Oof, yeah, it's, it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. Um, so yeah, the next week's going to be pretty big for me. Um, I think yeah. I'm second in points. So yeah, it's going to be close. I should I should get through. Uh, to the playoffs just about yeah. um 
But yes, yeah, so that's why I'm so keen on the waiver wire this week because I need to pick up some players who are going to help me. It's incredibly impressive. I have won my first game this week. I am now one Oof. and eleven. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's not my Warrior Bowl squad. My Warrior Bowl squad one one eleven, I think, about to come up. So I joined I've, you in your one eleven. Yeah, I got obliterated by injuries even before the season started. Yeah. Looking at my division, it's incredibly tough. It's evenly split for everybody, but they've just killed me. And, hey, I've enjoyed it. I've met some people, I've learned from it. But um yeah, no, it hasn't been a successful venture at this stage. But I... yeah, my uh, my first season was pretty abysmal as well. Um so yeah, your second season, if you get in for second season, um is miles better than your first. So it's good to know for you if you get into the second well, time. Yeah. I went with a lot of Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley stacks. I went with Ooh. JK Dobbins. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a painful, painful experience. <laughs> There's not a lot you can do, is there? That is life and, and fantasy. That is fantasy football, football this, this year especially. <clears throat> well there isn't anybody that isn't injured at the minute. To be honest, I mean, not really. No, uh, especially with kind of... it's a big blow for me losing Debo this week. He's he's part of my main stack and sort of fishbowl, so losing him is a uh, is pretty big to be to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean other injuries note just quickly. I'm sure we'll pick up on them. Christian McCaffrey looks like he's done for the season now. Debo's picked up an injury. Dalvin Cooks potentially got dislocated shoulder. I think I read earlier. Um, so there's a a lot of niggles around. Even those guys that have avoided the injuries are now getting injured. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough season, <clears throat> tough season. It seems that way. And I'm sure we say it every year that this feels like the worst year for injuries, but <laughs> it does feel like the worst year for injuries. Surely it can't get any worse than this. Surely. Uh, well, I've looked at some of my IRs and some rosters and I'm like, it weren't that bad when we had a global pandemic. You know, <laughs> people, were, people were out left, right and centre and I've still got more injuries this year than I did last at times. So it's not been fun. It's been tough, but uh, <clears throat> it's been tough. So is there anything you noticed from week 12 or any sort of trends going through the previous weeks that you as a player yourself and the people listening can, can try and keep an eye out for and monitor? Yeah, so, I mean, there's quite a few to be fair. I mean, I'll start, I'll start with some players that I felt, you know, mm. have to come back. So, Kareem Hunt was a big one this week. Of course, I played off IR. Um, yeah. Always interested to see how he eats Nick Chubb's work from his work week back. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty significant. Um, 38 percent snap count on the week. I think she had about 50% of of total defensive snaps anyway. But more okay. importantly, he had a uh, 41% of running back touches. Uh so that's that's pretty typical of what you expect from Kareem Hunt um mm-hmm. in the backfield. So yeah, I mean Nick Chubb's <laughs> been a brilliant option to go to, especially for daily fantasy but also fantasy football if you had him on your roster. Yeah. So just be just be good to be wary now that Kareem Hunt's back and obviously with how much the Browns run the football, um, you know, they're both gonna be eating to each other's work. So, yeah, it's been to note uh, going forward, especially with your playoffs coming up. You know, you want to have the best roster on, on the field available. Um, a player who was questionable heading into the week, Elijah Mitchell, he is yep. back and he is the RB1, as expected, <coughs> really. Uh, 91% RB touches for San Francisco. So, yep. Jeff Wilson is fully back to the bench, um, as expected, really. You know, and, and Elijah Mitchell had a brilliant game also. Uh, and that was expected also, to be fair. So, yeah, I think... Um, I think Elijah Mitchell, he picked up on waiver wires. I know I did in a few leagues when he was going pretty much start of the season. I think like I think like 70% I'm a foul on him. Um and yeah, I think that's I think while he's not been as consistent as I'd like him to be, I feel like he's been a pretty a pretty shrewd pickup. And typically whenever San Francisco our running back comes up on the waiver wire, I'll be getting straight at them to be honest. Do we think going forward, especially in more dynasty type games, that Mitchell retains that role going forward? Mostert back or I mean Raheem Mostert is a very talented player and I dislike Mitchell more I think he's more of a bell cow I think with, Mo- okay. with Mostert it's it's uh, well clearly it's played by this past week I think I think Mostert is more of a more of a Kareem Hunt type whereas I think Mitchell's more of a Nick Chubb type and I'd all I'd rather rely on the Nick Chubb type than I would a Kareem Hunt type if that makes any sense um I just it think does, a, yeah. yeah I think I think he's a bit more reliable a bit more a bit less injury prone as we've well, maybe apart from him being questionable this week, we've kind of seen this season. <laughs> and uh, yeah, listen, having it, I think San Francisco this season have just been, even with the you know, whole whole Jimmy G or Lance situation, I think they've actually played really well. Um, and considering the injuries they've had, which seems to happen on defense every single season. And they could, who knows, they could make a playoff push. You never know. I mean, they've got a, the schedule yeah. isn't too bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and with Debo potentially injured, then they've been using him in a lot of 
I don't know, not trick plays as such, but certainly using him in different ways and different formats. So, and then carrying the ball from the backfield as well. So Mitchell there potentially could benefit from Debo's injury to some extent. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I think also a player who was going to mention later, I think I'm adding of in my fantasy league is Juwan Jennings. Um, I think he's going to be a massive, <laughs> massive add this week. And I think he's going to go under the radar also. Um, I think it was a 37% snap share last week with um, obviously Debo being there. So the fact that Brian and you could be elevated to the RB1, probably being Jennings would be elevated to the RB2 and probably take over um, either Debo's role or even Ayuk's role. And I think Jennings has seen a pretty decent role with both of them there anyway. So the fact that he's going to elevate himself up to a significant more a more significant role than he did uh, is quite a shrewd pickup. And I'd spend a decent amount of fab on him as well if you can't if you don't get uh, a Madison or a Hilliard. I think Jennings is a pretty good substitute. Juwan Jennings, look at the world we live in these days. Absurd, isn't it? This one surprised me. We have a little sheet we work off, but this one surprised me. Brandon Cooks. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go on the record and say that Brandon Cooks is now... Yeah, on the record, on the record, you can quote yeah. me on this. I want to say Brandon Cooks is now droppable in softer fantasy leagues. So when I mean softer, I mean like, yeah. say, eight to ten team leagues where, you know, there's, say... Oh, I don't know how to put this. So I say eight to ten team leagues where there's plenty of options on the wire. So say yeah. there's like a say like a I'm trying to think of a player who'd be on the wire that you could potentially pick up instead of him but I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say yeah because I want to say like a Jennings because Jennings would be uh, I think he'd be available most leagues anyway you take John go, Jennings over Brandon Cooks right now I, I would this week anyway okay. um, yeah I don't know Brandon Cooks' target shares dropped off massively since the bye week I think he's down to 14% now um, mm-hmm. and it was at like a 20-25% rate previous to that and I don't know if you, any of you watched Houston last week against the Jets. I mean, God God help you if you did. Um, they were absolutely terrible. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I don't know what he's doing back there, but I think it, it'd be better off David, Davis Mills was playing there, to be honest, which I didn't think I'd say at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and and that has happened, to be fair. I think that could help Cuts quite a fair bit. But yeah, at a, at a 40% target share for, I think, the draft capital people have drafted Matt this season. I, I, just, I just can't, I just can't, let people play him. It's just doesn't. This doesn't seem enough warranted, and of how how bad Houston are. Um, yeah, I'm just. I think he dropped from soft fantasy leagues this season. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be starting. That's for sure. I think Cooks. The, the line in the draft, especially around draft time, was that he's going to be the wide receiver one there, unless Nico Collins emerged and yeah, somebody has to catch the ball. They're going to be behind probably a, a vast majority of the time. Someone needs to catch the ball, so why not take probably the best person at doing it? HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PREP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Um, and you're right, he did start out targets 14, 11, 13 he's had double figures numerous times coming back out of the buyer two weeks he's had three, uh, three targets and five targets um, he did get a score this week which probably helped if you started him in fantasy, just kind of level out that little projection score for turn um, yeah. his schedule's not that bad Colts next week, he's got the Jags coming up they've got Seattle and the Chargers they're going to be behind in those games I mean Derwin James will probably follow him so you probably don't want to play him there but... yeah I, I see the thing is the thing is to me I would much rather have someone like Kendrick Bourne the rest yeah. of the season than I would a Brandon Cooks because I think at least with Kendrick Bourne Belichick's yeah. actually going to use him in creative ways and actually it was all because you know, past week got two touchdowns yeah. and he's been involved actually like a, a wildcat previously and passing the ball things like that at least they're actually he's involved in the offense with brandon cooks actually highlight a bit of target target share there and natural targets he got mm. you know he's 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 just not reliable um and i think especially now you need reliable options and um i'd rather have a say a kendrick ball and perhaps tougher matchup on a week who's actually involved in an offense where you know the coach would actually want to use it properly unlike a houston where 
yes, they want to use him, but there's some talks of him being traded and Dee's just not getting the targets. So unfortunately, he needs to win you matchups and win you leagues. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick Bourne, I think, is the wide receiver one of the Patriots for this season, which is incredible stuff. So um, we spoke a bit about injured running backs. Now, you've got one who's feels like he's consistently injured and hasn't quite delivered, but Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting one. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Saquon's quite an interesting one. Um, obviously, every, all the talk about New York Giants moment is they're losing weapons, they're losing weapons. Golladay's not living up to his potential. Uh, Slayton, Slayton. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, Saquon's ultimately you know, thriving from that situation. Um, yeah, he had 17 cent target share last week. Uh, admittedly, Daniel Jones wasn't the best um oh. but you know you, you can't get much worse than what he was it doesn't um, matter how big your target share is it depends on playing <laughs> the ball right well potentially i mean but i think we've seen we've seen we've seen you against daniel jones um yeah. i know some giants fans will just hate me saying that comment um but yeah we have seen some good games daniel jones and when when saquon's getting like a 86 percent snap count for the week and he's running like 24 out of 34 routes that he did see you know hmm. it's hard to ignore that and as we said with the Houston Houston side, so one's got to get the football. Yeah. Um, and if God is only going to be targeted five times a game, and that's a good day, then yeah. I think um, and Barkley's typically the closest targets to Jones, um, you know, week on week and play on play. Yeah. I think he's got to be playable. And yeah, he, did he do much with his, his production last week and his actual volume last week? Nah, probably not. But there'll be there'll be easier matchups I think coming up that he could probably do that against. That's what gets me. I mean, the, the receptions, if you're in a PPR league or even a half PPR league, are, are great from someone like Barkley there. It'd just be, you, that's not why he's in your lineup. You're in his lineup as a running back. I mean, 13 carries for 40 yards against an Eagles team. You'd probably expect a bit more from him. And, and he's only top, what, 57, 51, 52 is the most return he's had this year. He hasn't had a, a plus 60 yards game. <clears throat> Yeah, that's, more, that's, especially I, with the draft capital spent on him, right? Yeah, I, I say that's fair. Um, but we, I think you've got to look at it in the context of that. You you got to play, you got easy matches coming up. So, for example, Washington people say Washington. I think I do think they're improved defense these past couple of weeks, despite their losses. Um, but they're they're easy to run against some teams they have been playing because like the Eagles are known to be quite a robust defensive team yeah, against the run. Whereas Washington, you know, they're actually losing guys on the line, and I think they're bottom eight in the moment in terms of the last couple of weeks in terms of points allowed to running backs. Hmm. And you know, potentially the Cowboys are the Cowboys have played the Cowboys a few times, and they're okay against the run. They're not amazing. Yeah. So the the, the opportunity is there for Saquon, and I think I'll always back the talent over the situation. Um, and we see that with Denver a lot with Tim Patrick, who you know people have said he rubbish and clearly we're seeing yeah. his new contracts and how he's been playing you know he's <laughs> he's quite good um so yeah I, I think i think with with how it's going i think saquon will be fine and especially okay. the charges coming up also and, and i said even with, I said miami is a difficult game but... i was waiting for it because you mentioned his game coming up and you mentioned the charges you mentioned dallas you mentioned washington i'm like they're at miami next week <laughs> yeah miami miami's an interesting one um i'm still not 100 convinced by them uh, in terms of the run defense, especially, yeah. um, but I still back the talent. I, I, I still think against teams like the Chargers, and again, I said uh, the Bears in Washington. I feel like he'll be fine. I mean, if you've got him, you've got to play him anyway. Let's face it, right? You can't exactly. You spent you spent what second round draft capital on him. I think you've got to play him, even yeah, the first. first point, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a shame that you know he's, there's a lot to spend out on someone who hasn't quite. It feels weird. It feels ever since Barkley entered the league, we're just saying he hasn't quite lived up to expectations for four, three and a half, four years now. Um, I know the injuries have had a huge part to play on that, but I guess some of it's yeah. the Giants organisation as well. Yeah, it has to be. And luckily, they'll literally get him out of the door soon, so that can help him. But yeah, what, yeah, yeah just, just look at what he's around. I mean, I don't know. I think any, many people could do much in that situation, to be honest. No, most definitely, most definitely. Um, you mentioned defenses a couple of times. You've got yes. more points on defenses you want to bring to us. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. 
Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, so just some, just obviously from play, being like an avid DraftKings player and daily fans yeah. player in general, um, I'm always looking at like recent weeks in terms of you know how defenses are performing compared to season long because season long after the first couple of weeks is I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's it, it's a lot harder to trust it because you know as we've seen with Miami recently and uh, Washington recently, you know teams change, defenses change throughout the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like to work off a. Uh, like a four a four week basis, so in this case it, it's weeks nine to twelve. Um, right. And what we see from weeks nine to twelve at the moment is that the Las Vegas Raiders defense are giving it up everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Um, so not only are they the second worst defense overall, um, mm-hmm. they're, the, they're the third worst against quarterbacks, the right. fourth worst against running backs, uh, the fourth worst also against tight ends, and the eighth worst against wide receivers. Now okay. to be fair. They've played some pretty, pretty high-powered offenses. Obviously, Dallas, uh, Cincinnati, um, but I don't think that matters. And of course, we've seen that of all the obviously things like Gruden and other players on the defense. There's been a lot of a bit of turmoil with the organization in general, and yeah. they haven't really recovered from that just yet. So, I think going into as to the fancy players coming up soon, I think Las Vegas are going to be a team that people target and target heavily. Uh, these last four or five weeks for sure. As in trying to get out. I mean, we spoke about Gibson earlier. Gibson's got him next Sunday. So potentially there is another nice match. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then I need yeah, to see and, if I can uh, swap him back for DeAndre Swift. <laughs> well, I mean, I say, yeah, I've, I, I like Swift as an RB1 this season from, I think, June, July. Um, yeah. Yeah. So again, it's a talent over situation. He's such a good player. And um, luckily for us, uh, Dan Campbell has prioritised. Uh, running the ball over anything else, so you know that, that helps situation a lot, doesn't it? Is it any surprise Dan Campbell wanted to play physical old school? <laughs> <laughs> not to most people, definitely not. I should say, since the second he walked up to that podium in that very first press conference, I think everybody knew what was expected and coming of him, right? So, <laughs> so basically, you're saying target anybody playing the Raiders if you've got a debate on a, a flex choice or something like that coming up. If it's someone playing the Raiders and someone not playing the Raiders, you're, you're leaning that way right now. Yeah, so long as they have a significant role on the offense in terms of like they're getting a decent snap count and they're on the field, I, w- I would play them over that, yeah. Fair. Um, Miami defense is coming back, so that's one you'd probably look to avoid, especially against wide receivers, correct? Uh, well, sorry, it's the opposite. Um, so Miami oh, past four weeks. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. So I'm here to, to explain my notes. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Miami have been a, a top three defense. Funnily enough, actually, uh, I've got to say this point now, uh, the top three defenses in the league, according to fancy points, are all from the AFC East. It's because they play each other and each other that bad. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got, you got New England first, uh, Buffalo second, then Miami third, as we're getting on to here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Miami, apart from wide receiver, is a, a top 10 defense against all positions at the moment. So the tenth against quarterbacks, uh, they're ninth against tight ends, uh, and and they're, they're the best team against running backs at the moment. So the, the okay. best team in the league, um, but they are 29th against wide receivers. Wow! So that to me says they've turned into a, a bend don't break defense. So they give it mm-hmm. up to 
the likes of whoever on on the outside and inside in the slot, but they get better in red zone, which is I think why they think why the Panthers probably struggled. You know, see, likes DJ Moore had a big play um, against them, but didn't get into the end zone. So yeah, I think they've changed the defense up a little bit, and it's seems to be working. So you know, let's carry on. And that sounds very much like my own Tampa. Fantastic run defense, yeah. secondary meh. Corners we've had a lot of injuries with as well throughout this year as well, which hasn't helped. But um, yeah, wide receivers fantasy wise coming against the Bucks, it's probably not a bad matchup for most of them to be honest. Could be behind yeah. in the game. Running backs are struggling, uh, and I think we're one of the worst against tight end as well. Uh, and that continued this week. So yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> But injuries, we've touched on a few this this week. Um, New York Jets last week, I think, ruled out Michael Carter to IR. Yeah, where do you see the Jets with um, with their situation now at running back? This is yeah, this is a frustrating <laughs> one for me because um, I have a bit of Ty Johnson. I have done since preseason, yep. and I thought, oh, you know, Ty Johnson will, you know, yep. if Mark Carter's gone for three weeks or so, you know, Ty Johnson will be the running back one. And um, then I see that Tevin Coleman gets like 60% of snaps and even more touches than that. And he dominates everything in the uh, running back room, which is quite annoying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that he, he, is the, he is the RB1 for the Jets now with Michael Carr and IR, mm-hmm. which is uh, a bit surprising. Obviously, we you know we, we've seen the talent of Tevin Coleman on San Francisco. Um, yeah. He was always injured. He didn't really, you know, he unfortunately, didn't really get the opportunity there. But, yeah, so maybe Tevin Coleman is a... The RB one there again, admittedly against a really bad offense with Zach Wilson throwing chill passes to the backs of his running backs. Um, but yeah, it's just it's something to note that you know Tevin Coleman is probably the guy there now with Michael Carter out. I mean, I came into the year thinking Tevin Coleman might almost have started RB one and lost it in oh, the wow. year, but he didn't, did he? Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, not for you, of... no. <laughs> and that, I, I, don't get me wrong, I haven't got a lot of him. I just thought with the experience they've got on the Jets team, the youth of Zach Wilson and things like that, I thought they might have given him that that starting role almost, that lead back position. But they didn't. They went with Ty Johnson and Michael Carter made a role in there. But yeah, yeah, they seem to be, which seems strange. They seem to be leaning towards Tevin Coleman now that Michael Carter is going to be out rather than keep running that Ty Johnson sort of youth aspect. And you know what you're going to get from Tevin Coleman. I think Ty Johnson's still got a lot to show and prove what he can do. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, he showed it a lot this week, so fair play to him. And even Austin Walker got some some snaps of the score know, week, right? out, out of nowhere out of nowhere yeah. even, even jets even jets fans are like who the hell's this guy well you've got a 24 uh, percent snap share <laughs> uh, nine yeah. carries so i don't know how much he's uh added he's on zero rosters yeah i, I wouldn't be adding him uh, <laughs> no <laughs> it only takes a tevin coleman injury and austin walter could win you Ugh. the sfb mate I mean that is a shout. I mean, luckily my RB room is pretty, uh, pretty intact there, so not too bad. Good because there's not many of them. Um, That's low, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> the next point you've got is I'm going to make you say it on record again. Time to drop, and who are we dropping now? We've already chucked Brandon Cooks on the scrap heap. Yeah, so two players. Um, one of them, I suppose, a bit more surprised than the other one. Uh, Hunter Henry is the one that I think you should be dropping now. Um, okay. Johnny Smith's back. Um, 57% of snaps and I think what, what I got with the Smith v Henry thing is that I think Belichick just likes Smith more okay. and it's a bit like with Kendrick Bourne you know Jacob Myers getting all the yards and all that but Kendrick Bourne is ultimately getting the big plays and the touchdowns yeah. and that's what you need in your fantasy leagues to you know win your matches as we talked about earlier mm. so yeah I mean to be fair Hunter Henry still got 68% of the snap share last week or he played 68% of the snaps um, yep. of the, out of the 100 that you know, New England saw in the win. Um, but I think for me, the appeal of Hunter Henry was that he had no competition, no real competition anyway. So yep. the fact that Smith's back and getting a you know a near 60% snap share is a bit worrying. Um, so yeah, for me, Hunter Henry is completely droppable. And uh, a player you can replace him with if you're looking for a tight end is uh, James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy, there we go. I said it the second time. Um, Following Dan Arnold's injury? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he saw an 81% snap share on the week. And I think we've seen in in the past and right now is that, you know, Jaguars is like targeting the tight ends. Um, It's been a thing for years. um, And if he can avoid injury, I think O'Shaughnessy is a a brilliant play and a really sneaky one that most of your league won't really be on to. 
So I think I think this applies also for deeper leagues like the Scott Fishbowl, for example. I think you could probably pick him up for nothing. And who knows if he gets a touchdown, especially in tight end premium, you're loving life. Yeah, uh, uh, Dan Arnold has killed my DFS for the last three weeks running on his own single-handedly. <laughs> so I keep expecting big things from the guy and it keeps, you know, I think one or two and it just hasn't delivered from there. But Hunter Henry surprised me. I'm just going to go back to that because he had a 68% stat count, which is where he's been most of the year. I mean, he's yeah. got a couple of 79, 81s, but that sort of early to mid 60s is generally where he's been. The weekend he had five targets. Well, he's got a six and an eight in there, but other than that, it's the third highest target share he's had during the year. Um, he's also quite prolific when it comes to touchdowns. I mean, he's got what's got seven touchdowns through through 12 weeks, which is yeah. pretty decent return. I'm surprised that he was there as a droppable option for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, and maybe, maybe to be fair, it's because of I just think Fifth's a better athlete um, in general. Okay. Um, and to be fair, this is I think maybe it's part of this week because I think this week is the first real week we've seen Smith actually take a prominent role in the offense. Yeah. And I do think for me that's this puts me off Henry. I think that I, I said earlier, I just think there's better options out there. And New England's New England schedule isn't the kindest either, really. Um, mm. And I think there's more chance of Smith having a bigger play than there is Henry. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, I think for me Henry's a bit one-dimensional, whereas Smith's a bit two or three-dimensional. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to keep Henry, I, I, that's fine with me. I mean, but I, I just think that you know Smith's a better option going forward. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, everyone's different, and that's what this is about, right? I mean, Johnny Smith, I'm of course, now. The 57% he got is one of his most, but he's been down in the 20s and 40s. He's got four targets, which is one of his most, and Hunter Henry outperformed both of those. And he's only got one touchdown on the year, Johnny, as well. So I'm not joining yeah. you on that one, Liam, I'm afraid. Well, that's fine. I mean, in other words, <laughs> saying Johnny Smith, Johnny Smith is due snaps and touchdowns. So, I mean, that, I'm going to check on my leads <laughs> and see if I can swap Hunter Henry for Johnny Smith for you somewhere down the line. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the trade deadlines are well. It's maybe dynasty, yeah, maybe in dynasty. Yeah. I think you'll agree with me on this one, though. I think you'll agree that James and Crowder is droppable. <laughs> this came up with me and Murph about three weeks ago. I think James Crowder had a really decent game, and he mentioned it. We come back the following week, and I went, "See, you can't quite." He's one of those now that he's going to go, "Yeah, yeah." Just going to give him another week and just see if he is going to be an option. Uh, and no, he's not an option. Is the easy answer. Uh, unfortunately, not. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Elijah Moore's going to turn to this league winner that everyone wanted to draft but didn't. And, yeah. you know, he's going to have like two big games that's so going to win people matches and things like that. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Jameson Crowder, I think it was just one target and one reception last week yeah. uh, with Zach Wilson in the centre. Um, yeah, yeah. I, think he, I think he's done for the year. So Crowder's going the way of Robbie Anderson a couple of weeks ago, I guess, and Brandon Cooks, you reckon, now as well. So, Unfortunately, yeah. Fine. The next guy you've mentioned on the list here, someone me and Murph spoke about quite a bit last week, Najee Harris, suffering from negative game script. Yeah, I think we, we saw Harris's like touches being like the, the 20 pluses for quite a few yeah. weeks. And obviously that was really good for us because I drafted him into quite a few leagues. So he was yeah. playing really well. Um, and then, yeah, the past couple of weeks have been a bit of negative game script. The Big Ben's been okay, but not great. Especially last week, he was pretty bad. Um, and yeah, we've seen... As a result of that, Harris's touches have gone right downhill. I think it's down like six or seven touches the past two weeks. Um, so yeah, all, all that high draft capital in people like me spent on him is yeah. now being thrown in the bin. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just not really people that... Well, of course you have them on your roster because they're talented players who you want yeah. to do well. But at the same time, you've got to be cautious of if you're going to play, then you're probably going to get a, you know touches that six and touches less than you, were going, you should be getting really because of how bad Pittsburgh are in general. I mean, it was just last week, Murph was talking about, we we done a fair bit on Najee Harris's usage and it was about, I think he was on for like the second most carries for a rookie in history. He okay. was on target for all sorts of stuff. And it just said, look, just be careful because if he's liable and prone to being injured with that kind of heavy usage. Yeah. And if the Steelers do fall out of contention, which with the defeat they suffered this week is looking more likely, they won't keep using him. They'll they'll rest him. They'll sit him down. And Murph's top pickup, or and something we've been talking about, is how to now 
put yourself in a position to go into the playoffs with confidence and how to take dart throws or lottery tickets, if you will, with them roster spots at the bottom of your bench. And Well, Murph's biggest recommendation last week was Benny Snell. Because this is the okay. if Steelers fall out of contention, they will sit Najee Harris or his usage will drop considerably. And somebody like Benny Snell will come in. He said, if it's not going to cost you anything, if it's not going to hurt you, get it now. Because in two weeks or three weeks' time, that may just be the, the acquisition. You Rather than fighting on your waivers with, with little Fab left or little dollars spend left and everyone after the one guy that's coming in, you've got him sat on your bottom of your roster right now. So those guys yeah. that you're not using and not having, especially in a redraft league, take a dart throw. Get rid of your second QB that you don't need anymore. Get rid of your second tight end that you don't need anymore because your starters are set and they've had their buyers. And pick up dart throws like Benny Snell because if something like Najee Harris and his, his usage goes down and they don't contend and they do decide to rest him, Benny Snell could have a significant role to play. 100%. <clears throat> and we've seen it from Snell this season anyway. So the fact that there's a bit of track record there, he makes it even more of a smarter play. So yeah, I agree with that. It does. And the other guy that Murph's been banging on about for probably, I want to, I've been doing this for five weeks now, and I think I've four of them, is Alexander Madison. Yeah, and obviously this this comes to light with the Dalvin Cook injury, which, uh, you, you yep. know, every season, uh, a lot of analysts say this, but every season Cook picks up some sort of injury that rules him out for one or two games. Yep. Then we see the Madison train come up again. You know, is he going to perform? Is he going to bust for people? Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, regardless, if he's available, spend 100% of your fab on him. It doesn't matter. Like, he shouldn't be available anywhere, really. If he is available <clears> in your league, your league is, you know, be less competitive than the most that I play in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if he is if he is available, I'll be 100% getting him because it's Minnesota at the end of the day and they're going to run the ball a lot of the time. Yeah. And that's exactly what Murph said. So we did a bit on these dart throws. So he, he, he mentioned wavering a week ahead of schedule. So taking those guys that an injury would take them into prime position. Yeah. Um, so that you've got them, you're not fighting for them after. Like now. Waiver-wise, this week is going to be a full-on competition trying to pick up Alexander Madison. Of course, yeah. But it was spotting the opportunity a week or two weeks ago to say, hey, Davin Cook may not get injured. He may not get hurt. Um, this pickup of Mattinson for free may not work out. But you know what? If you did it two or three weeks ago, you're sitting rather smugly right now with Alexander Madison on your bench ready to step in this week. Yeah, I did exactly the same with Brandon Bolden a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, you know, we saw a few injuries go down, and Bolden came in, had a really good game. And he's on my, he's on my bench, ready to go. So, yeah, it seems know... like that's... sorry, go on. No, I was saying it's just being prepared, like like, like you were saying, with Madison and myself with Bolden. Yeah. We all know they having Cook is going to miss some games. Let's face it, he's always going to miss some games. It's just a matter of when. So, I'm just having a look now. Madison is owned on sleeper and redraft in 55 percent of leagues. So there's nearly half the leagues out there with redraft where Alexander Madison is available. Yeah, which, grab him 100%. Yeah, I think you I think you need to, to be honest with you. Um, he, he's going to be a pivotal person if you can get him on your roster, if you haven't already. Um, and he's, he's fair in the receiving game as well, Madison, right? It does a job for you. If you're looking for a flex play, especially week 12, week 13, 14, so 12 and 14, we've still got a couple of buys coming up on that. Um, yeah, I was looking at the buys now. I mean, we've got we've got we've got the Panthers, Browns, Packers, and mm-hmm. Titans on buys. So some big teams there. They've got some big players. So you're gonna need guys to fill in for you 100, percent no matter what roster you've got. So yeah, Madison, you know, Jennings, O'Shaughnessy, uh, could yep. be could be some guys that you know you need to bring them in for a week, see how they do. A bit of a dart throw, and uh, hopefully it works out for you and me and you and me. <laughs> I've given up with half of mine, but. <laughs> It is what it is, isn't it, right? So, Alexander Madison, Murph's been banging the drum for a long time. And if you haven't got it, well, I'm actually quite glad he's not here, to be honest with you. <laughs> we would not get the end of that, I'm sure. So, um, week 13 is obviously coming, as you said. Panthers are out, which is good because it might give um, Cam Newton a bit of time to work on his throwing action and his yeah, actual throwing it. ability, sure. perhaps. <laughs> Um, the Browns are out. Obviously, yes. brought Kareem Hunt back, but now he's got a nice long break. So you'd expect maybe week fourteen that that Chubb Hunt double team may go back to the way it was early in the season. Yeah, and I'm just looking at they got the Ravens as well. Who, to be fair, 
aren't as run defense as they were previously. So that could be a could be quite an exciting game to watch again, of course, because just watched it uh, the other day. Yeah. Uh, Packers, so a lot of people missing Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones got another week to get a little bit healthier as well. So, uh, and the Titans, if you've got any Titans players, they're out injured anyway. So being on by probably won't matter. There's, there's not a lot of fantasy relevant Titans left, is there? Other than maybe Ryan Tannehill at this stage. I mean, that, that Westbrook Aquino just seems to be staying relevant somehow. He needs to get the odd touchdown and just get 10 points out of nowhere. I don't know how he does it. He, he does. I guess that's nice usage from, from the QB and that familiar thing. So you mentioned earlier you play a lot of DFS. Is that something you would target in DFS, that someone like Akina where you're going to get touchdown rather than yardage? Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think with, with someone like Westbrook Akina, he's, <coughs> it's usually around the, the three to $4,000 range, which for yep. DraftKings, if anyone's not aware, is quite a low range. Because yep. uh, the minimum, the minimum for a wide receiver is three thousand. Um, so yeah, typically you're looking for so to so say, say he was four thousand this week against New England. So okay, you'd be looking for around uh, a ten to twelve point investment at the minimum for you to be like you got value on your investment in terms of four thousand. Yep. So yeah, and, and of course with a touchdown being worth six, you know, yeah, a, t- a touchdown is getting you halfway there. So yeah, to be fair, you are you are looking for touchdowns. I'm not sure. I mean, me personally, I didn't look touchdown to his direction uh, this week. Maybe that's where I went wrong. Maybe I should have gone there. Um, but yeah, that ultimately, if you could find the cheaper player who is going to get you a touchdown and say 40 yards, you know, you're, you're well on your way to, or at least making a start to having a winning roster. And then it all depends on what stacks you've gone for and if they're going to hit and what, what bringbacks have you got from that stack and if they hit. And if and if they do, then you've, you've got a pretty good chance of winning yourself some money. I'm just going to grab you on something there because a lot of people listening might not know what you were on about. Obviously, we do have a DFS show on Thursdays, but yeah. you mentioned stacks and bringbacks. Talk us through that. Of a course. Bit. What do you mean? So, yes, um, I'm sure if you well, if, if you play best ball, you know what exactly what I'm on about. But if you don't play best ball, yep. um, so, for example, for a stack that I would do typically this year, especially a San Francisco stack, I did it yep. in quite a few big big leagues like Scott Fishbowl, um, some other leagues also. Yep. where So I draft uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as yep. the QB. And I'd also draft Trey Lance because of I didn't know what's happening in that situation. Yeah. And then um I go to George Kittle and Debo Samuel. And, that, and okay. they're, they're the they they complete the stack. So that'd be a that'd be a three headed stack in a sense. So I'd have mm-hmm. the QB and his two pass catchers. And then I suppose San Francisco's really wants to you could go Elijah Mitchell or whoever it had been at the start of the season, probably mm-hmm. Trey Sermon. Um so then you have your stack then. But in DFS terms, you have a bring back. Now a bring back would be a player from the other team who you think would benefit off the other team scoring a lot of points because okay. they have increased opportunity to also score points. So say, for example, this week, um, the Minnesota-San Francisco <clears throat> game is quite a key target for me. Mm-hmm. So I'd go Garoppolo at QB, then have Mitchell and uh, Debo Samuel as my two mm-hmm. sort of stacks to, with Garoppolo. And then bring back be Adam Phelan because okay. Adam Phelan is it's, it's a touchdown machine. Does it every week? No one plays yeah. him because they just think he's terrible when he's not, um, and he's usually uh, under five percent owned. And being under five percent owned usually gives you leverage over the rest of the field, um, okay. which is what you want really to win big money. Um, and of course, this week he did quite well. Um, usually, most weeks as well, targeting Minnesota because they've got a bad defense and a good offense, yeah. and so it evens itself out. Um, and yeah, that that's that's pretty much the summary of it. You you want to be you want to be stacking in DFS unless you're playing if you're playing bigger tournament games anyway. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in, um, well, you can get to cash and GPP games, but if you're in, if you're in a cash game, which is typically a say a twenty man field, or you're paying like five dollars entry, yeah. you don't really want to be stacking too much. Maybe one player at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely for tournament plays uh, when there's loads of like thousands of thousands <laughs> of people in them, you want to be you want to be stacking and bringing back to give yourself the best chance of not only leverage, but also uh, winning tournaments for sure. Feels like a very boom bust, boom bust sorry, type strategy to it, right? Oh, 100%. I know I know a lot of us, we all, we all chat in the FS community about our strategies and this season especially has been, been very hard. I feel if you get into it this season and winning money, you're doing very, very well. Um, it's It's been a very tough season, but there has been weeks where it's worked really well. Um, and it's all about when you do win, you win quite significantly. 
Um, and when you lose, you don't lose too much. So you sort of manage your bankroll, um, which I know the Best Ball UK Tom does really well in terms of how he manages yes. his bankroll and explains it quite well. Um, but yeah, it's all about that. As so long as you're not, it's all about not um, killing your bank in terms of that and then managing it week to week and making sure you're, you're managing it and gambling responsibly ultimately. Obviously. Uh, we always recommend and endorse that. So where do running backs fit in that? Would you, because there'd be an argument, I guess, normally that, if a QB is going to do really well, then the chances are the running back isn't, unless it's a catching back necessarily. So would you look to do that, or would you try and go, I don't know, the team in the game you think will lead, take the running back because they'll be in the lead, and then take the QB and the receiver from the other side because they're going to have to throw the ball? Yeah, I'm I'm usually against that theory. Um, okay. I actually I actually like playing running backs in my QB. Okay. Um, Especially, well, with the offenses I like to target, typically the running backs are quite involved anyway. Um, so, I mean, I kind of highlighted it in that example with Minnesota and San Francisco. Those, the dirty running backs are, are heavily involved in the offense regardless of the script. The script. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to talk things like that. I mean, obviously, Green Bay is a good example. You know, the way Dylan and Jones are involved in the offense, it's, yep. they're going to see touches and scores regardless of what the score is. And, yeah, I, to be fair... I've I've heard people trying to explain that theory to me in mm. terms of how they think that would work, and I I don't really understand it because if if your team's scoring say forty points, your running back's going to get at least two scores, and we saw that with Fournette this week. Um, mm. And of course, Fournette ended up you know breaking the slate and getting loads of points, which yeah. probably wouldn't you or lost you your leagues. Um, so yeah, and I've even gone to this, this the extent of playing two running backs in one game, especially in like Detroit games. Because okay. Swift Swift is so talented at running back, and I think, for example, the Browns game this season, and so is Nick Chubb, and then when there's no cream hunt either. So the fact that you're getting like two really really good talented running backs at really low ownership is, yeah. and they think they end up getting like fifty plus points as well. So it was crazy. They returned value. You were getting leverage, and it was against all you know supposed correlation it yeah yeah the thing is the dfs it's ultimately especially with being a, a sort of a tournament player rather than a cash player it's mm. it's all about breaking molds and not sticking to like trends and differentiate how you think it's how you think yeah how you think it should be played because ultimately you see within lineups every week that with million pounds of million dollars just say sorry and none of them are yeah. sticking to these rules so one won a big competition want... that I was in this week and it had Miles Gaskin and Leonard Fournette and I sat there and went why on earth did you pick those two running backs in that lineup because exactly. to me that Jackson wasn't there um yeah they both performed I guess so uh, admittedly I wouldn't play Gaskin <laughs> um but yeah. that, that's Fournette the thing Gaskin, like, that, it was. yeah yeah that's the thing like it doesn't it doesn't matter like you can you can go in like, I've seen people say like they, they look at everyone's tips who they think to play they just don't play them and they go other players yeah. um and crazy. maybe that's maybe that's yeah maybe that's a bit crazy but ultimately that's that's not the worst attitude to have because hmm. you every week you see these winning million maker lineups with these random teams and you know how have they gone to that team but it's just probably because it is it's just they're just trying stuff out and uh, there's well, no there's no there's no defined strategy to DraftKings or dfs and that's that's what makes it so good i've i've gone to dfs a little bit last year and quite a bit more this year and I've been told that you're better to be bottom because it means that those guys could have a breakout and you could be top rather than being mid table every single week and playing the floor, play the ceiling, not the floor a lot. So yeah, it, it, my yeah. abysmal year, I'm saying it's going to turn. It's just around the corner. I'm sure. The thing is so, exactly. And you, you need, you need one week to absolutely smash out of the park and you'll yeah. be, you'll be set for several seasons, hopefully at least. Um, so yeah, it's there's yeah. I said to you, there's no there's no like defined way of playing it. You can play it how you like, and no one can really yeah. say, "Oh, that's a bad play," because yeah. if they, if they, they do Leonard say Fournette that, and Miles Gaskin was a bad play this week, <laughs> and that guy is now considerably wealthier than I am. So. Well, there you go. You said it for me, <laughs> Leon. Tell everyone listening just before we do wrap up where they can find more of you know your insights. Uh, yeah, so a Dolphin Abroad on Twitter, uh, as you see at the bottom of the screen, or if you're listening, um, it's how you think you spell it. Um, yeah, I do my writing for draft, on DraftKings. I'm lead DraftKings yeah. writer at uh, King Fantasy Sports with Rich. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do weekly articles over there. Uh, admittedly, it was two last week of the Thanksgiving slate. 
um which which could have gone better but yeah no we do i just go from a plays my thought my thoughts process and uh yeah hopefully hopefully help you win some money at the very least and i'm yeah, i'm always there for start sit questions and drafting lineup questions so if you have any just let me know and if not uh, if i'm not there then always go to tom uh, best boy of hell uk as well because uh he's helped me with lineups i've helped him with lineups so yeah it's uh there's plenty of people to go to the community but if it is me then you know where i am well, he helps me a lot of time in my lineup. So just run little odd bits by him. So when the wife does see the bank balance, I'm going to send her Tom's contact information. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on Tom. It's all on Tom. So uh, at least you don't want to put yourself balance. in that bracket, Liam. You don't want to add yourself to that list because you'll be in the in the crosshairs before you know it. So um, <laughs> seriously, guys, I, I love following Liam on Twitter on his insights. And I always read it. it it's good what he offers. Um, obviously, give him a... A friendly bit of luck as well in SFB because he is representing for the UK from here uh, and doing very well. So best of luck from me to you, mate, and all here at Five Yard. And I hope that continues. And I hope you can bring it back for us because that'd be something exceptional to do. Yeah, um, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully, if it's not one, if it's not me, it's one of us from the UK for sure. There's a few of them doing well, isn't there? There's a few of them that yes, are yeah, of course, of course, Richard well, isn't he? So. so yeah, Richard's doing well. Uh, I think Ali's looking around. The yeah, yeah, Ali's well, doing well. So yeah, there's there's a few of us there. So. Just before we do go, Tuesday, guys, is the Dynasty Show uh, with Rich and Liam. Wednesday, College and IDP guys will be along. Thursday is our own DFS show. So listen in if you've liked the little insight Liam's given us today. Uh, and then Friday will be the Matchups pod. Uh, we had a Phantom contest last week. I can't tell you who won because I've been too busy to look today. And I'm not sure if it's back next week. So listen in on Thursday and they'll give you a bit more on that. Liam, anything else before we call it a day, sir? No, not from me. Nothing, man. Not at all fantastic well thank you for joining me i appreciate the time thanks for you that are listening and watching and as murph would always say keep rushing cheers guys redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.